I rarely open the program with an entire movement of a piece. Usually we do just uh, 30 seconds or so and fade down. But in this case, I thought it was really fitting. And it's largely because the composer that we just heard, Louis Andreessen, is somebody who works with such large forms, you know, 60-minute pieces, that uh, when I'm devoting this show to his music, I'm going to have to excerpt a lot of the pieces. But here I found this piece that I could play in its entirety. And it's so beautiful, such a lovely way to open the program. We heard a movement called Wind from a piece called Life. That was the Bang on a Can All-Stars performing music of Dutch composer Louis Andreessen. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. I'm going to be featuring the music of Dutch composer Louis Andreessen on today's program because he recently celebrated his 75th birthday, and so I think it's a great chance to take stock of the incredible influence that he's had on composers and also the influences in his music because he's served as this sort of very interesting filter. A lot of things from the American minimalism movement went through his filter and came back out um, having been Andreessen-ified, so to speak, and so he's created this really incredible body of work. And I had a wonderful opportunity to chat with him about his music. One of the things that I asked him about was why he was drawn to these large-scale projects, these huge forms and big ideas in his music. I like large subjects, important and heavy and difficult subjects. That is certainly true, and I have thought about it. Um, I think it has to do with the fact that when you realize that life is much shorter than you think, and you start realizing that uh, how the older you become, because you see how short a year is and how, how short is a half a year, etc., etc., then I think I'm not going to lose too much time in doing extremely uh, uh, uninteresting details and things and only watch uh, uh, series on TV and things like that. You have to avoid that uh, not all the time, but you can do other things also. So what I do is uh, reading a lot, looking around, walking, Walking, traveling. However, I don't like the traveling. I like to be here very much, etc. So it's a um, way of living. And speaking of big ideas, I asked him about Plato's Republic and how that book inspired his great piece, Die Stadt. Uh, yeah, the problem is with Plato that he thought he was talking about this ideal uh, situation uh, in the book. Uh, actually, it was an, a commission of Sparta, I think, from the new city. But he he says all these funny, strange things about that this sort of melodies should be banned. Other melodies should be very important for soldiers. And again, other melodies uh, should not be sung by women. He has all kinds of radical ideas, much more radical than the worst dictators we have nowadays. This was an, a challenge for me to write that piece because we, at that time, my generation was reading a lot of Marx and other uh, very interesting philosophers. And it was a discussion all the time about how should we change the society. The generation of the, in America of the students who were against the war in Vietnam, very same time. And then uh, I found Plat Plato, as uh, you say, a very interesting uh, example of how far you can go in misunderstanding, creating misunderstandings. I think that's very interesting. And the, this uh, ironic approach to it uh, is very, I think for me nowadays, more, more and more evident. Not making jokes, but to see the other side, both sides of all interesting things. How did you take those ideas though and realize them musically? Like how does that actually become sound? That is a very difficult technical question. I would avoid, <laughs> advise you to avoid that. The main goal of every composer, if it's Plato or it's a beautiful girl or whatever you can imagine as a subject, is, I hope at least, is to write the right notes, the real beautiful notes. Beautiful and good is in my language the same. 
So that means uh, you have to really work hard to write the, the right chords at the, that moment and not the wrong chords. This is really very difficult and you get totally desperate after a while. Actually, every morning is, is a crime to sit at the, the empty paper, I tell you. And don't even think of doing it because it's really very difficult to find the right notes. And I must say now looking back uh, after a long uh, life that I did sometimes, I, did some, I wrote some good notes. It's a great glimpse into the mind of a composer, I think especially the idea that even someone like Louis Andreessen fears the blank manuscript paper. <laughs> I love that. Let's have a listen now to as much as we can get of Die Stadt. This will be an excerpt. It is the Schoenberg Ensemble performing with Reinberg Deleu conducting. Thank you. 
We heard an excerpt of what I think is really a monument of 20th century music, such an influential piece. That's Die Stadt, or The City, by Dutch composer Louis Andriessen, who I'm featuring on today's program. That was the Schoenberg Ensemble with Reinberg de Luz conducting. Right before we heard the music, we heard Andriessen talking about his fascination with really big ideas and the inspiration for Die Stadt. The city is, of course, supposed to be a, an ideal city. And he talks about how Plato in the Republic talks about an ideal city, but he didn't really have the strength of his convictions in Andriessen's mind. He didn't go far enough. Women didn't have the right place in this society, and it just didn't go far enough. So Andriessen was drawn to Marxist ideals, and he really wanted to create a perfect Marxist society. And I do think he had the strength of those convictions. He was a young man who was very charged with with these ideas and very willing and ready to act on them. In fact, it's fitting that Reinberg Deleu was the conductor on that recording because in 1969, Deleu and Andreessen, among others, did act on these convictions. They interrupted a very tony concert by the famed Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra, a bunch of people in tuxedos about to take in a, a beautiful night of classical music, and all of a sudden these young, angry men come in with nutcrackers and bicycle horns and all these noise-making devices and disrupt the concert and distribute out pamphlets that are denouncing the orchestra as a symbol of the ruling elite. This idea would become very important to Andreessen that the orchestra was a symbol of everything that was wrong in society. In fact, it really affects his instrumentation. He wanted to create what he called a terrifying 21st century orchestra of electric guitar, keyboards, Hammond organ, saxophones, bongos, and other non-Wagnerian instruments. So this is a huge influence on the sound of his music and the kind of instruments that he's writing for. Another big influence on Andreessen was American minimalism, which is a very unusual choice for a European composer in the 60s. Normally, European composers at that time were drawn to the avant-garde, the more avant-garde, the better, radical avant-garde. And you would think that a young composer so infused with radical politics would be drawn that way. But no, instead, he was really influenced and inspired by American minimalism and rock music. But he thought that minimalism didn't go far enough, that it wasn't aggressive enough. And I think that brings us to our next piece, Materie. We're going to hear both of these ideas exemplified perfectly in this piece. You're going to hear an aggressive take on American minimalism combined with a highly charged political atmosphere. Here's Andreessen to talk about the specific inspiration for part one. The first subject is about the revolution in Holland in the early 1600s against our um, colonists, the Spanish. Well, the colonists are not a good word. They, <coughs> they were, uh, for the wrong reasons in Holland, they took, they took a lot of things. It's a little bit like the Germans in, in the f 40s, <laughs> I must say. And there were large groups of, uh, as you may call them, burghers or lower aristocracy, uh, who uh, wanted to get the Spanish out and being uh, self-decisive uh, dis about the country. <coughs> this uh, costed a lot of blood, of course. And um, after that, when they were gone, Holland, as you probably know, became one of the richest countries in the world because of our own colonialism. We started to do exactly the same, which we didn't want from the Spanish, and started f uh, founding uh, New York and uh, uh, Guyana in, in South America. Indonesia became all Dutch, etc., etc., etc. In that time, there was a lot of money coming in, and the, the everybody wanted to have beautiful paintings in the house. And so Rembrandt and Vermeer and Frans Hals and Dow and all the other ones were great painters. And that is what makes me still bound to the country and, and why I live in Amsterdam, because I think it's one of the <coughs> most difficult cities in the world. And I live now in an, in an apartment at the river, the Amstel. So that is all 
enjoying what has been done in the in the uh, 1600s. So that's part one. It's mostly about shipbuilding, in fact, and about the invention of an, the physicist, a young atom physicist in Holland at that time. Well, let's have a listen to this music. This is highly charged music. Part one of Materie by Louis Andreessen. ASKO Ensemble, Reinbert Deleu conducting.
incredible music. I think that really puts the listener on edge and, and just you really it makes you tense. You, you feel everything that the composer feels, everything that he was talking about, the the uh, Spanish colonialism and then the Dutch throwing them off and then turning around and, and, and doing it themselves. You can really feel his his anger and, and you know the sense of injustice that he has. It's, it comes through in that music. That's part one of Materie by Louis Andreessen, the composer that I'm featuring today on Relevant Tones. Highly charged political music. That was the ASKO Ensemble with members of the Netherlands Chamber Choir and Reinbert Delu conducting. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. Today, I'm featuring music of Louis Andreessen, who recently celebrated his 75th birthday and is a composer of highly charged political pieces that he expresses in these giant multimedia extravaganza pieces. You can find out more information about the program on Facebook or on our website at relevanttones.com. Today's program is a retrospective of the music of Louis Andreessen, an incredible composer who is able to take all these different stylistic influences, everything from pre-Baroque plain song and chant to American pop music like Shaka Khan, and filter it through his own specific influence, and it comes out sounding like Andreessen, really an incredible composer, also a very generous man who's been very influential and helpful to other composers, to younger composers. As we've said, he was also, as a young man, a very politically charged person, and although he's maybe mellowed somewhat, that, that idea of politics is still very inherent in his music, and it manifests itself in these giant multimedia pieces he's attracted to big ideas, these huge questions of human ethics, morality, how we live, and who we are as humans. I've saved perhaps his biggest project for last, and this is La Comedia, an incredibly ambitious setting of the very famous poem by Dante, in which he is guided by another poet, Virgil, through hell, and then purgatory, and finally to paradise. I think this project would be daunting enough for most composers, but for Andreessen, he, he still wanted to take it one step further and even made headlines in Italy with a interesting casting choice he made. 
Here he is talking about it. I got uh, this is a little nice detail. I got uh, headlines in the newspapers in in Italy because when the performance in Amsterdam uh, was uh, running, about for one reason, not that I used Dante or something, no, but that Dante was played by a woman. That was quite a, a thing for the Italians. So I couldn't help but wonder: was that the producer's decision? No, no, that was my decision in an early stage because I had luckily in my life uh, div- uh, on, uh, uh, on, uh, on uh, how do you say, uh, found a singer who could be the successor in my life of Cather Barbarian, who was a, an ama- amazing uh, Armenian-American singer who I met as the wife of Luciano Berio, who could sing everything you wanted. And it didn't sound always like an opera singer. And I met Cristina Zavalloni, who was an Italian pop singer, actually, and dancer, and composer, and cl- classical trained singer. And she, did, she could do all the things I wanted singers to do. So I started writing for her. I did write a lot for her. And um, she was, of course, the ideal person to be one of the carrying roles for the uh, Dante opera. That's composer Louis Andreessen talking about his interesting decision to cast Dante as a woman in La Commedia, his setting of the very famous poem by Dante. Let's have a listen to an excerpt of Movement 3 called Lucifer. We're going to hear the Dutch National Opera and soloists with the ASKO Ensemble, Reinbert Deleu conducting, and we'll also hear, because it's a big piece, the Children's Chorus to Kickers of Music School, Waterland.
sinister-sounding music there by Louis Andreessen. That is the third movement of his La Comedia, Lucifer, aptly titled, I think. I love that piece. I love how he conjures up this landscape of hell and perhaps the personality of the chief of hell. Let's turn now from hell. We'll go to heaven. This is the Garden of Earthly Delights, the fourth movement. We're going to hear an excerpt of that. And if that title sounds familiar to you, it's from the famous Hieronymus Bosch painting. So again, here is Andreessen just mashing up all these things. It's already such a big project, setting this Dante book, this huge classic poem. But he also wants to have the element of the Hieronymus Bosch painting involved, too. We're going to hear an excerpt now of The Garden of Earthly Delights. Our performers are again the Dutch National Opera and Soloists, the ASKO Ensemble, Reinbert Delu conducting, and we're going to hear the Children's Chorus, De Kickers of Music School, Waterland.
That's probably one of the more interesting musical depictions of heaven that I've ever heard. It was by Louis Andreessen from the fourth movement of his La Comedia. We heard the Garden of Earthly Delights. And here, it's, it's almost like a Broadway show, isn't it? I mean, you hear, I think some of those are actually direct quotes from Broadway shows. They certainly sound very, very familiar. I've been saying that he's a composer of diverse stylistic influences, and it's one thing to say it, quite another to be able to demonstrate it so clearly between the third movement of La Comedia, Lucifer, and the fourth movement, The Garden of Earthly Delights. You know, there are still some things that tie it together. There are those minimalist repetitive patterns in both, but boy, the, the influences are really all over the map. And what an interesting choice of Andreessen to, uh, to set heaven that way. Now the children's choir comes in and it becomes a little bit more of a conventional idea, but in the very beginning there, we're in a interesting version of heaven. That was the Dutch National Opera and soloists performing with the ASKO ensemble, Reinbert de Luu conducting, and the children's chorus to kickers of music school, Waterland. We have just a little bit more time, so I'm going to feature as much as I can get of this piece called Workers' Union. Once again, I did have the wonderful opportunity to chat with the composer himself about his life in music and about all of these pieces. So here's what Louis Andreessen had to say about his piece, Workers' Union. Uh, the Workers' Union was one of the things I did for the group, the Volharding, uh, the, my, let's call it now the street orchestra. <coughs> the, uh, the rhythm is pre very precisely written, but not the pitch. So you can go a little bit lower and a little bit higher. There's only one line instead of the five we have. And it is written for people who uh, are able to improvise a little bit and uh, have can play very loud because it's written for any group of loud sounding instruments. So it had much success with the Volhardi because it you cannot blow it away on the street, for instance. And um, I heard all, all kinds of different uh, um, uh, uh, performances of that piece. It should be um, exciting. And the subject is a political, um, ideological idea that you will find it very difficult when you want to ha be in the political struggle to stay together on your ideas about it. And that is what is very difficult in the piece, to stay together in, in the rhythm, of course. That's composer Louis Andreessen talking about the piece we're going to hear an excerpt of Workers' Union. He mentioned that he wrote this for his Fullharding, or the Orchestra Fullharding, the street orchestra. This is something he started in 1972, uh, musicians who could improvise and also play traditional music, and they were meant to move while they played, hence the street orchestra. Let's have a listen. This is the Bang on a Can All-Stars performing an excerpt of Workers' Union. This is really fun music by Louis Andreessen. <laughs> Thank you. 
I just think that's such a fun piece. I wish I could play more of it. It's called Workers' Union by Louis Andreessen, performed wonderfully there by the Bang on a Can All-Stars, originally written for what he called his street orchestra, Volksharding. Volks being folks in German, or peoples. So this idea of a people's orchestra, again, the antithesis of what he railed against, which was the classical orchestra, the Western classical music orchestra, which he thought was really the symbol of everything that was wrong in society, everything that was wrong in music, from disproportionate distribution of wealth to even the way that the music was presented. Um, so we heard so much about those politics and these big ideas. He's a composer who really does think big and thinks about how human society should be and expresses that both in his actions and in his music. And I chose that recording specifically with Bang on a Can performing because they've been so influenced by him. Bang on a Can is an American music collective based in New York, and all three of the founding composers have cited Louis Andreessen as their number one influence. So I think it's a very interesting story that you have this composer in Europe in the 1960s who is rejecting the avant-garde, which would have been a unique path since most every other European composer was a radical avant-gardist at the time. And instead, he's interested in American music. And then 20, 30 years later, America sort of repays the favor in the form of the Bang on a Can composers, who, being American composers themselves, could go right to the source of pop music, but instead are more attracted to Louis Andreessen's unique take on it. So they're very influenced by him. They have since become a very influential group and have influenced countless of younger American composers. I think it's quite a story. And, you know, he's a composer who is still active. He's still writing. I'm sure there are many, many wonderful pieces to come. But even if he stopped writing music today, his place in music history is secure because of this incredible influence that he's had. There will be many, many more years of younger composers writing music directly influenced by the music of Louis Andreessen. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders, with special thanks to Claire Fosnacht. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook, and you can hear this and all previous programs at RelevantTones.com. Relevant Tones is brought to you in part by the generous support of Grovner Capital Management LP, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks, I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.